This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. It's game day. Good afternoon, everyone. And it's our... Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger Tailgate Show. Mike to tell you along with one of the greats of LSU uh, playing quarterback, Herb Tyler. And uh, we'll be here on till 4.30 this afternoon. And then we're going to hand it off to Chris Blair and the uh, LSU radio network. And they'll take it till 6.30 and then it's kickoff. Long awaited. Man, it's been a long offseason. LSU, Florida State, and uh, the biggest game um, certainly this weekend, though uh, I think Prime might have a little bit yeah. of an argument on that. Herb, great to, uh, to see you again, and uh, we'll be working all uh, during the season and uh, hope it's a special one. But, uh, man, uh, we've been waiting a long time for this, a little bit of revenge for LSU. And I think the keys to this game for LSU, one, you got to play better on special teams than you did a year ago. You couldn't manufacture ways to lose games the way they did on special teams. Not at all. And on defense, you got to get a better pass rush. I think Harold Perkins, what he did late last year, sort of covered up a little bit about their lack of a pass rush. LSU, in the games they played last year, got 29 total sacks. <laughs> that that number's got to be a four to start. It's got to be 40 or more. And a lot of that certainly having to lose uh, Mason yep. Smith in five plays into the game, and you won't have Mason tonight. But I think for LSU, uh, with an experienced offensive line, experienced quarterback, a star receiver in Malik Neighbors, Mason Taylor at tight end, you six, seven deep at running back. Yep. Uh, even today with some of the injuries, uh, offense isn't going to be the issue, but I got to find out how well you can cover in the secondary how well you can get a pass rush. You got to play better on special teams. Yeah, all the same cliche stuff that we say all the time, right, before every every game, every season. I want to first and foremost say, Mike, I'm pleased to be doing this show with you. Uh, we look forward to big, great things here in the future of the season, man. It's awesome. But, you know, it, I go back and I look at the, the Tigers' season last year, right? And the, 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 the season last year, we ended up where we ended up, um, you know, an SEC championship game playing against Georgia, not looking really the part. And I see something that's going to be different this year. I think we're going to, in my mind, I think we're going to purposefully get to the SEC championship and we're going to look the part this time. Now, you go back to that Florida State game in the Superdome a year ago. Man, how close were we? We should have won that game on many different occasions. We should have lost that game in many different occasions. But you're absolutely right. I think the pass rush is going to be pivotal today, tonight. Um, you know, missing Mason Smith again this year or this game is going to be really tough for us. But I do think that 
hopefully, you know, Coach House has some really great schemes in, in play uh, to, to, to kind of get Florida State's quarterback off of his rhythm. Now, that guy is special as well. Tonight, I think we have one of the premier quarterback matchups tonight in the game in college football, period, right now. Um, I think these two guys are just seasoned and primed and ready for an outstanding season, each of them individually. And as they go, so will their team go. And I, and I mean that 100%. You got almost identical, the same team in the same spot, with Florida State having just a, a tad bit of an advantage um, at, at the head coaching position when it comes to years at p- the particular school. But at the end of the day, man, this is going to be a phenomenal game, phenomenal matchup. I think you're going to have talent all across the field. You're going to have a lot of local talent on that field tonight as well. A lot of guys from Edna Carr, a lot of guys from, from the, the, the Louisiana area. And um, I'm just excited for it. And it's football season, baby. Finally. It's football season. Finally. I'm ready for it, man. I am excited. You know, one of those local talents that might be a difference maker tonight. Uh, man, I got to see him play so many times at St. James High School, number 35, Savion Jones. Yes, yes. And uh, about a month ago, uh, we did the final camp on the Bayou, <laughs> which is becoming the mecca of uh, off-season camps uh, at Nichols State. Savion Jones was there. And so they really counting on Savion to have a breakthrough yep. season. And when he was getting recruited, uh, Coach O and I were talking. He said, uh, what do you think? What do you think, big guy? I said, you know what? Uh, I saw, like, clips of Daniel Hunter when he was in high school in Texas. Yes. That's who Savion looked like. When Savion went to LSU, man, I seen people listing him at 245 pounds. Well, I don't ever want to get on that scale. Savion told me he was maybe 225, maybe. Right. Right. Today, he's in the 270s. And you talk about an athlete and a guy that can get up the field. And the other guy that I think will really help him at that jack linebacker position, which is B.J. Ojolari's old spot. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know how to say his last name real well, but it's Ovi. Even Mason and Savion and all, they would say, man, it's Ovi. I said, well, I, said, I don't know how to say his last name, but we know it's Ovi, uh, who's the University of Texas guy, went to Notre Dame for yep. a little while. So uh, those are the guys that you didn't – well, Savion didn't have a lot of experience, and Ovi was on another team a year ago. I think that you're counting on uh, to play a big part in this football game because if you let Jordan Travis sit in the pocket, he is going to drill you. He's going to get you. So you got to put pressure on him and try to influence his throw. Uh, you can't do it every time, but you're going to have to do it sometimes. I, I think that's going to be key and pivotal. But what you can't do is allow him outside the pocket – and then to use his legs. So you still have to get him off of his game. So in my mind, you have to get the ball out of his hands very, very quickly, get him uncomfortable. But if you move him, move the pocket, if some kind of way you can reset the pocket with him, you cannot allow him to get upfield with his feet because that's going to tear you up as well. So Because it's going to be pivotal. So we got a, a, a ton of new guys, right, that are just coming in, transfers and things of that nature, um, a second-year coach, second-year team, second-year players as well. Um, under the same regime, and then we're trying to see exactly what's going to happen here. And I think ultimately, I think that Brian Kelly, in my mind, is one of the premier coaches in all of college football. I think his understanding of the game, his understanding of players, and his commitment to the game and the players and the university is pivotal to LSU's success. And so now it's year two, right? Jay Johnson year two, Kim Mulkey year two. There's a lot of expectations and there's a lot of weight that's on Brian Kelly's shoulders. However, I think he's got the athletes to truly, truly make a run at something this year. And it's going to all hinge on 
how they come together and mesh as a team. There is no preseason, and uh, we saw it yesterday. Teams that uh, had the advantage at quarterback took full advantage. Yep. Uh, and even how about T.J. Finley, Texas State, upsetting Baylor. Man, um, you know, and uh, I saw T.J. when he was in high school, and he had his moments at LSU yep. and had a few moments at Auburn, but it was never consistent. Now I got to see that at Texas State too. But man, he played a great game yesterday. You as a former quarterback, the timing issues. Or the timing concerns in year two, having worked with that group, in comparison to the first year, they should be alleviated, right? You should you should now be at a point where you've gone through one season, um, a spring, a little bit of an off season, the summer season, and then also the the camp, right? The fall camp. You guys should be clicking on all cylinders when it comes to understanding someone's speed they're, uh, when they're coming out of the cut and their brakes on certain routes, understanding what they're thinking when they see a certain type of defense. Um, so I, I really think, and I, you know, what happened last year with Jaden was a lot of people were critical about him not getting the ball out and not taking chances. Well, I think that that's a part of what you just said. He didn't really understand the, the, the receivers. Once you started seeing him a little bit toward the end of the season, he'd have – three or four strings of great games that he put together that he was really confident. And then they'll have one, a quarter or a half or something that was kind of weird. But I think going into this season, understanding the the timing of each route and then understanding the actual um, offense. It's a completely different offense that he ran, you know, that he did not run when he was at Arizona uh, State. And so now he's here two years in the same offense He's grown, and year two makes a huge difference. I remember when I started as a true freshman, I understood the offense my true freshman year, but my sophomore year, I knew the offense. There's a difference from understanding and knowing it because now he can check with me. He's at the line. He can get his team into the very best plays, and then now he also knows his players. And there's a couple of new guys that's going to be coming in and out of that, that, that huddle with him or off the sideline, if you will, because they don't huddle much, um, that's going to really surprise some people. And I think that um, um, this is going to be fun, very, very, uh, just a wonderful thing to watch. You know, one of the things that um, with Jaden, and I saw much more confident, and he's a little bit bigger now. He, he is. He, he's he came a little weight on, yes. Uh, he came to the Manning camp, and we got to talk a couple, three times there. And he was telling me, you know, that working in the offseason with the wideouts, and uh, he's the first one to tell me one guy to watch is Chris Hilton. Chris Hilton. And Chris uh, got hurt last year and had a knee injury. But, man, can Chris run? I mean, he can fly, so he got to catch the football. And also, too, a young man from Thibodeau High School who started at the University of Louisiana out in Lafayette, uh, Kyron Lacey, yep. uh, who last year got open, but, man, sometimes he wasn't consistent catching the football. The one thing with, with Jaden, a lot of people don't – 22% of the passes thrown to Kayshawn Butte, he dropped them. Yeah, he did. Come on, you got to catch the football. Yeah. Uh, now, again, I'll focus uh, Kayshawn was last year. I'm not real sure. But, you know, just make the catch. Uh, that, that, that's the big part. And also, too, another year with Mason Taylor. And I was going to ask you about that tight end because he becomes a big factor, short yardage, red zone. And a lot of six foot, ain't no six foot five guys that are playing in the secondary or at a linebacker that is going to cover Mason. He becomes your security blanket. So the biggest play Mason made was against Alabama last year, right? Do you know how much confidence that's given that young man? 
he is now on a whole nother level. And I think that, you know, he can catch anything that you want him to catch. He's gotten a little bit bigger himself, put on a little bit muscle. Um, he understands the game a little bit better now. Now he knows the offense, as I spoke of before. There's going to be times where Mason Taylor is going to take over a game. I promise you. You know, it's it's one of those things where that tight end, when, when you look at Georgia's tight ends and how great they are and how they take over games, I think you'll see Mason Taylor do the same in certain situations when he need to. Because they're not going to ask him to do those sorts of things, like be the guy. We got too many of the guys already over there. And I think spreading the wealth is going to help Jaden and it's going to allow him to be a little bit more free. And that tight end position is pivotal on any offense. And I tell that to anybody because I played with some really good college tight ends. And so with that being said, I think Mason, Mason Smith has a, a breakout year this year. Yeah, as uh, Drew Brees uh, told Bobby and I a couple of weeks back at the pickleball tournament, LSU <laughs> got dudes. That's right. They got dudes on that field. He knows. Yeah, he should know. We'll be back with more of the Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger Tailgating Show. Mike to tell you along with Herb Tyler. More right here on the home of LSU and WWL and the free Odyssey app. We'll be right back. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. We're back here on the Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger Tailgating Show. Mike to tell you along with Herb Tyler kicking off LSU game day on WWL. And um, Saints fans also, y'all can weigh in on the game on the Oakland Hard Jewelers talking text line at 504-260-1870. Herb, one of the big things, too, for both teams, they returned five of their top six offensive linemen. Yes. And think about it, man, last year, LSU with Will Campbell, who's a man out on that field. Um, uh, I got to watch him work out for Rio and trying to help some of the younger kids uh, at the Pro Football Combine uh, in, in Thibodeau in July. Mm-hmm. And I was like, man, that big guy can really move. <laughs> Until you man. can see it up close and personal. TV don't do him no justice. And then certainly Emory Jones, Charles Taylor uh, returns at the center position. And uh, they've got a lot of experience inside with a Miles Fraser and a Marlon Martinez there. Yep. And uh, kind of how that all shakes out. And I know Brian's always talked about it with us here on WWL that I want the five best offensive linemen. However it works out, yep. I want the top five. And Mike Norvell feels the same way at Florida State with five of his top six linemen returning from a year ago. And that, Man, playing quarterback, you got to say, man, I'm praying to the right man upstairs to have five of six back. Well, you know, that's the beauty of playing for two coaches that know the importance of the offensive line play, right? And so when you bring back these guys that we're talking about, Will Campbell, Emory Jones, those guys are staples. And they they, they started as true freshmen, and they're going to finish. Probably They're going to probably leave after their – their, their, their junior year. Herb, I'll be honest with you. I think other than Harold Perkins, yeah, Will Campbell, and I think it's close, may be the most gifted player on that, on team. that LSU team. I think both those guys are one-two. Well, you look at the, the position that Will plays, 
that's the most what? difficult position besides playing quarterback on the on the football field, in my opinion. Especially when you're a true freshman coming in, playing against dogs and men that are that are, you know, four or five years older than you in some cases, then you gotta be special. And I think these guys are not only special athletically, but they understand the game of football and they understand movements and they understand leverage and they understand, you know, what it takes to be successful. Those are those are huge. When you can recruit and you get guys like that that are highly intelligent and that are also um, very, very athletic at their positions and doing, being able to understand how to utilize their feet and their, their, their body weight and their strength, man, that's, that's important. So, you know, coming back this year, if I'm Jaden Daniels, I am like just all smiles. You can't take my happy away right now because it's about to go down. And I think at the end of the day, these guys are going to really make um, um, life so much easier for Jaden that he is literally going to be in that true Heisman Trophy candidate talk. And I think it's going to be all because Coach Kelly and, and, and his guys, his coaching staff, are going to put the right five guys in front of him. The other thing, too, is he has always put an emphasis. I don't – it's been at Michigan, yeah, and, yeah. Uh, Central Michigan, yeah. and Notre Dame, yeah. on two positions, especially on offense. Yep. Offensive line, tight end. Tight end, that's right. And I think you're starting to see him put his stamp – and, Herb, one of the things that's different, and I know the, the previous coaching staff had difficulties, was landing talented big linemen from yeah. outside the state of Louisiana. Yeah. That, that became an issue. Then I see, you know, they get in a guy like DJ Chester, true freshman. He's riding at the number two spot at center, at center. Yep. Uh, yep. today. Okay, uh, they did get uh, Garrett Dellinger. But then, you know, Coach goes out and he gets Mason Lunsford, who was started at both center and guard at Maryland. Yep. So you're starting to see some of the recruits come in, and I think Louisiana's sort of been blessed the last couple of years, not only with Emory uh, Jones and uh, uh, Will Campbell, but then this past season, Lance Hurd, yep. uh, who they gave him a little bit of work. I'm interested to see how he's, he's involved in the lineup because – I've always thought, okay, he ain't going to play left tackle, but uh, would they bring him in as a left guard or right tackle and then kick Emory inside? That that remains to be seen, but I do think Lance Hurd's going to see playing time this year. Yeah. So, uh, look, the depth chart on, the, on LSU's offensive line, out of the first two strings, right, from first string, second string, five players – or ten players total – you got four of them that's a junior and then three seniors, right? Everybody else is freshmen or sophomores. So that goes to show you that the people that we're seeing are the guys that Coach Kelly is wanting because then your, your juniors and your seniors that are in there are transfers. So it looks like you're right. Coach Kelly is starting to put his stamp on the guys that he wants, and then it's showing on the depth chart. He's, got, he's literally got four guys that are the number twos on this depth chart at, at offensive line somewhere, whether it be guard, tackle, guard, tackle, either side. And so it, and it's DJ at center. And DJ at center. And it's, imp, it's, imp, it's important to understand what that means. Um, one of the things that Dion talked about when he went to Colorado was I got to get the big guys. If I don't have the big guys up front, 
I can't do anything. It don't matter how great your quarterback is or what kind of talent you have at receiver or how fast your running back is or what none of that matters if you can't if you can't get the ball off or if you can't create lanes for the running back or quarterback to run in. And so that's important. And so once Coach Kelly and that's one of the reasons why I really loved Coach Kelly before he was hired was the fact that he put emphasis on offensive line, on tight ends, and also on defensive linemen. And those are key and pivotal to controlling the line of scrimmage and then understanding and dictating the game at the line of scrimmage. And I think that's, uh, it's, it's going to be phenomenal for me to see. And then you start sprinkling in these great athletes that LSU always seems to get, that we know we can get them either plucking from the state of Louisiana or go to Texas or go to Florida or go to Georgia or wherever we want to go and grab these guys that are the talent outside of the box that really makes a difference one-on-one when they have them. A th- position, too, we mentioned was about tight end, and, and Mason's going to see the majority of yeah. the action there. But um, two freshmen, I think, is going to see a lot of action. Mark, Mark uh, Markway Mark yep. uh, from Ohio. And then Kay Pimpton, who came in late. He was a Texas kid who sort of developed quite a bit uh, during his senior season. And he was a guy LSU got on sort of late in the process. You can't miss him. He's six foot six, and I think that might be not quite accurate. I think he might be a little bit bit taller than that. Now, the 242, um, that I would say maybe is stretching it because he's more than the 230 range, but it doesn't really matter. He has got really sweet hands. He can catch the football, and there's no way if you put the ball up, a defensive back's going to get to it when you're six foot six. No, not at all. And, uh, you know, I had the luxury of playing with David LaFleur and Nikki Savoy, who both were six both foot six or guys. six seven. And those, it, that makes a difference. I can put the ball anywhere, and those guys were going up and getting it. And not the, I didn't put it there because I had great ball placement. It was because I was inaccurate, and those guys were able to go get it. But <laughs> at the end of the day, these guys are awesome, man. I'm going to tell you, the stamp that Coach Kelly is putting on that tight end group as well is going to be something to, to be seen. So we're going to be – you know how people have been looking at Georgia, and I keep looking at Georgia as that, that pinnacle because that's who they are the last two years. These guys have been the guys. And one of the things that Coach Smart has done very, very well is recruit tight ends. I mean, he went all the way to California to get his number one tight end. So here we are. I think Coach Kelly can go anywhere and get any player he wants, especially in that interior line, tight end, in that tight end uh, position, as well as defensive linemen as well. Herb, we'll end it on this. What Todd Munkin did for that offense, he centered their passing attack yeah. around the tight ends. Yep. When you think about – but listen, okay, a guy like Brock Bowers, he's not standing on the side of the street with his hands no. up in there. you got to no. go get him. Yeah. But to think about what they've been able to get with Taylor and bringing in Markway, who's more of a blocker and he's developing uh, as a res- downfield receiver – and in Kay Pimpton, uh, as a receiver, you've got now a trio here. You talk about we getting old. Lafleur's son, JD, I was is a verbal that. commitment to LSU. I, I was going to say that, and that's exciting for me to see the lineage that come that comes in to play here. And I, I really, I really appreciate the fact that Coach Kelly is looking at that and taking a, an opportunity to uh, to extend an offer to someone who I think will be um, an asset to the team. 
And I just think that um, that just speaks volumes. Um, and I'm looking forward to it and seeing exactly what it is. Uh, Bo Bordelon is on the team. Who His father was a teammate of mine. Bo played uh, at Newman where my son played as well. So I'm proud of that also. And got another son, and Brett. And got another one that's coming up too. Yeah, so, you know, so it's, good. the legacy players is really great to see. And I, I really do enjoy that. And I think that's something that um, LSU um, um, really should take a look at really, really hard because these guys – were great players when in their time, and then they were also really, really heady players. So they knew how to play the game and had a lot of heart. And so I know their kids know and understand the game as just as well as they do, and most of them have the, the athletic ability. Yeah, Ben's a Bayou boy just like me. I know. Yeah, I know. I he's a Bayou ben. boy yeah, just <laughs> like I am. We'll be back with more of the Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger Tailgating Show We'll do our Tiger Scout Notebook, uh, sponsored by Thibodeau Regional Health Systems, right after this break here on the Big 870 WWL, the home of the LSU Fighting Tigers. We're back here on our Tiger Tailgating Show, sponsored by Gulf Coast Bank and Trust. It's time now for our Thibodeau Regional Health Systems Tiger Scout Notebook brought to you by the Sports Medicine Center at Thibodeau Regional Health System. I want to thank Greg Stock, the CEO there, and they're always uh, uh, great to uh, sponsor uh, local sports if it's college, the NFL, or, or high school. Always uh, heavily involved with it. Right off the bat, Herb, I'm going to talk about Jordan Travis because I think he is the biggest key to the puzzle here. Uh, his ability to throw the football. He didn't start at Florida State. He's one of many transfer that uh, got to Florida State. Uh, didn't make an immediate impact, but we saw last year uh, his accuracy skills, his touch with the football, his ability to find the open man downfield. And okay, if I got a six foot seven and a half Johnny Wilson Jr. and Keon Coleman, who I scouted when he was at Appaloosa's High School. And again, I'm still shocked he got to he went to Michigan State, but that's where he ended up. And then he's transferred yep. uh, to Florida State. But Jordan Travis's ability to find the open man, his quick read ability. Okay, he's barely over six foot tall. Okay, but in the NFL, if you got movement skills, uh, that that that's not a major issue anymore. They've got guys that have been picked uh, early in round one that's not even six foot and a half. I think he's the guy you've got to influence early to come out with a W if you LSU. So the first thing about Jordan that pops, you know, out of the screen to me is his confidence. He's so confident in what he's doing that it just it just relaxes and it brings everybody else down to a speed that matches his. Um, what I mean by that is just they all believe in what he's going to do. They all believe in the fact that he's going to put them in the right situation, get the ball to the right person or player. The other thing that pops out is the fact that he is athletic as all get out. He can do whatever he wants to with the football, with his feet, with his arm, whatever he wants to do. He is that good and talented. He's not the biggest guy. He's not going to wow you with any of that. I mean, it's just like myself. But at the end of the day, he is one of those guys that you would not want to be in the trenches with anybody else, right, if you're Florida State. right? He's a guy that came up and he said, you know, I'm the guy. I got your back. And he proved that against LSU last year. In the Superdome, he came into a hostile environment with a team that nobody knew about, and he showed who he was. And he played that way the entire season. So, you know, LSU has to do a couple things, and we talked about it a little bit earlier. Get him off of his rhythm. Get him, make him get the ball out faster than he wants to. Uh, and the DBs have to be in place when he, do, when he does that so that they can make a play. 
And then the other thing is, if you do get him off of his mark, off of his drop, whatever that is, do not allow him the opportunity to find a lane and run the football. So you got to be able to kind of either spy him or you need to contain him some kind of way. You just slightly get him off of his mark, that kind of stuff. But, you know, I, you know, when I look at the kid, I really do enjoy watching him play. I, will I, tell I do you that. too. Other than when he play LSU, I, I, I really I enjoy watching him. I agree 100%. I'm, I'm sure Florida State fans are saying the same thing about Jaden Daniels, but I got to say the kid is really good. And, and you know, um, you know, I'm proud of David Johnson, uh, receiver coach yeah, over there sure at Florida enough. State. He's one of my, my, my really close friends. And he's told he's told me some things about Jordan that is awesome. It's just he's a player's he's a, a coach that players. Uh, I'm sorry, he's a player that coaches really love to coach because he wants to know it all. And he is a coach on the field as well as a player on the field that can change the dynamic of the whole game. What a lot of people don't remember, they beat LSU and get a couple wins, and then they caught a lull in the season. They did, they did. Where, where things weren't quite right, uh, Jordan helped kind of steady the boat. But the guy that they leaned on is number three, Trey Benson, Yeah, their top running back. Man, I, I saw him. He was a high school player in Mississippi. He goes to Oregon. I mean, there's not a lot of guys that leave the South and go to Oregon and no. stay for any length of time. Stayed there a couple years, <laughs> had a knee injury, and then he transfers to Florida State. Um, he is not a small man. He's six foot and three quarters. He's 228 pounds. He is a north-south runner who will bang away at you. And he is a one-cut, get-up-the-lane-and-take-off guy. For LSU, first and foremost, uh, and I know Matt House always talks about this, stop the run. And then we put you in situations where you have to throw the football. A key player today is number three, Trey Benson, also another transfer guy for the Florida State Seminoles. So, you know, Trey is one of those guys where you're not worried about whether or not he's going to make the whole defensive team miss tackles. But you are worried about whether or not he's going to run over that linebacker you have. You are worried about whether or not you get a safety one-on-one with him or a corner one-on-one with him. It's not going to look good for that safety or that corner. However, what I think LSU need to do today in regards to how do they they combat Trey Benson's abilities is to beat him to the punch once again. Get some rush up front. Make sure you control the line of scrimmage. And you play in their backfield as a defense. You play in the offensive backfield. And I think Trey Benson is a guy that has a lot of ability – to once that train gets moving, it's hard to stop it. But if you don't allow that train to get started, then that's how you stop that. And I look he, between him and Jordan Travis, it's going to be a fun uh, opportunity for those guys at Florida State. However, I think that Coach House is going to have some really great scheme to ensure that we've got some movement up front. Um, they're running some 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 different kind of stunts on the, the defensive line. To try to, to to get try to capture some seams and get in there and slow Benson down before he gets going. That's the only way you slow him down. Yeah, Omar Spates, I think, is gonna be that guy. You follow Trey Benson. Yeah. Uh, you know, you make sure you make that open field tackle. And I have had at least two Pac twelve offensive coordinators tell me, I'm sure in the hell glad he don't play here yeah, no more. He <laughs> because it sounds like a three-car collision wait, every wait. time he hits somebody. The Pac-12, what's that? Is that something? Well, it's still in effect this year, <laughs> know, but know. then that, that, that's it after that. The other guy on the defensive side of the football, and I always love stories, and, and, and Jared versus that. Uh, here was a guy that had zero, 
zero offers coming out of high school. Yeah. He goes to Albany Great Danes. Okay, the <laughs> Albany Great Danes. He was a 215-pound tight end. But he COVID hits, and so he's working out in the gym, man, getting bigger and stronger. And he gets his weight up to about 245 pounds, and he becomes a dominant outside linebacker defensive end and transfers to Florida State. And we saw last year uh, his impact coming off the edge, his ability to get pressure. But for a guy that I think, okay, they list him at 260. To me, he's more of a 250 guy. He plays the run pretty well, but to slow him down, I'm going to run the football right at him. Because I don't want him just teeing off on every play. Jared Verse not only is a great story, he's a terrific football player that I think uh, they're going to try to scheme up a little bit. They're not going to put him one-on-one all the time with Will Campbell. There's no way. Uh, I'm moving him around a little bit to get him maybe in a little mismatch athletically with someone else's uh, uh, guy along LSU's offensive line because uh, him going up against Campbell, he's not going to be making a ton of plays. But Jared Verse is not only a great story, but a terrific football player and I think a key piece to their defense. Well, th- you know, talk about um, passing the eye test when you're walking off the bus, right? He's one of those guys, six foot four, 250, 260 pounds. He looks the part. He is the part and he plays the part. And I think you're right. When you have a guy like that, he's. Um, He's just big enough to play in, but not really big enough to really stop that run game. But if you run directly at him and you make him make a decision early, then that puts him in a little bit of a, a, a leeway, a little bit of trouble when he's trying to um, stop whatever play that you have, kind of pass play, run play, anything like that. But if you allow him just to tee off on that def- that offensive tackle, it's going to be difficult. And then you give him that opportunity to just show you his athletic ability, his strength, as well as his, 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 uh, his intelligence of the game. And so I agree with that. I think that LSU, you know, going into last year, didn't know much about any of these guys. Going into this season, this game tonight, they have a lot of film on all of them. And so now I think Coach Kelly and the group are going to really put together a heck of a game plan that's going to expose some of these guys' weaknesses. I'm not trying to compare players, but size-wise, he reminds me a lot of Will Anderson Jr. Yeah. when he was at Alabama. Yeah. I think they have a similar yeah. size set, and so Will played outside linebacker. But really, a, he was a pass rush defensive end that's it. That's uh, all, yeah. at Alabama. And then, you know, the Texans are putting him a defensive end. It's a wrap on the Thibodeau Regional Health Systems Tiger Scout Notebook brought to you by the Sports Medicine Center at Thibodeau Regional Health Systems. Again, thank Greg Stock and uh, everybody there for always supporting uh, sports in our area. We'll be back to finish up our number one here on our Tiger Tailgating Show, sponsored by Gulf Coast Bank and Trust. We're finishing up here our number one of our Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger Tailgating Show. Mike to tell you along with Herb Tyler. It's not too late to try to win a top quality generator. The hurricane that just clobbered Florida put it all in perspective for all of us. Life is miserable without electricity. That's why WWL has teamed up with Craig's and Craig's Electrical and Generator to offer you a chance to win a Generac GP6500 
portable generator, total value almost $1,000. Go to www.com slash contest with an S now for your chance to win backup power from Craig's Electrical and Generators. Because when the power goes off, Craig's comes on and WWL. And you only have two days to enter. The contest ends very, very shortly. So go ahead and try to win you a generator, get you power. Hope, knock on wood, Herb. That's right. Man, we, we've been away. spared. Stay we've been away. spared. Uh, Florida wasn't quite spared at That's that. Right. We'll talk a little bit about this more in the 3 o'clock hour, but we have one of the texters ask us about the status of Denver Harris. Okay, here's my deal with, with Harris. He got talent, but you got to grow up. Okay, uh, you, you can't live off the fact you're a five-star recruit all your life. You got to understand there's work involved here, there's ability to to grow as a player, and yeah, you might have been a top recruit, but so is everybody you going up against at LSU. Stars mean nothing when you get on the campus. Stars mean nothing. Absolutely nothing. So. Uh, he's not running with the first or second team no. right now. And he was getting beat by third-string receivers and talking trash to him. That's right. And so, man, uh, for Denver, it's uh, not yeah. so much talent, but a little bit maturity. Listen, we all did some dumb things in our lives and said some dumb things at 18, 19 yeah. years old. <laughs> so, for Denver, you got to straighten that up. We'll be back with more of our Tiger tailgating show right after this news break. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did.